Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianmedia.com, who are also producers of EWTN's Living Right with Dr. Ray Garendi. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. If you've been listening to us every week, that's wonderful. We welcome you back again. But if you've been listening to us off and on or you haven't been listening for a while, but you decided to tune in today, that's actually very providential. Because today, this Sunday, is the Sunday of the prodigal son in the Byzantine liturgical calendar. It's one of our preparatory Sundays leading up to the season of Lent. If you have been listening to our program, you weren't prodigal. You may recall many times I've explained how this rhythm works in the Byzantine liturgical calendar. It's a very human, very sensible rhythm. We sort of move into something, sort of a rising action. Think of it as a bell curve. Then there's a climactic moment, the actual event itself, the, you know, like, for instance, the feast day. And then there's kind of a falling action, kind of a moving outward, which we oftentimes call a post-festive period. So there's kind of a pre-festive, the fest, and the post-festive period. Well, the season of Lent is very similar. We move into the season of Lent with these preparatory Sundays, which each have a specific theme. Today's theme is that of the prodigal son from Luke's Gospel. And then we continue with a couple of themes until we actually are finally into Lent itself. So once again, welcome to the wonderful liturgical rhythm of the Byzantine liturgical calendar. I'm often asked about where can we go to learn more about the Eastern Christian spirituality? Well, there's a number of sources you can go to, but one of the most significant sources, one that is really an up-and-coming source on the global scene, actually, and one we've talked about here before, we've had guests on this program before relative to this particular source, and that is... There, a remarkable place called the Ukrainian Catholic University, which is in Lvov, Ukraine. And if you want to find out information about it, right at the top, we'll give the website. It's UCU, that's ucu.edu.ua. And this Ukrainian Catholic University has a lot to offer. And we're going to speak to somebody who actually is availing themselves of what this university has to offer. We welcome on our program today, Lay of the East, Loretta Nemeth, oftentimes known as Lori. She is the communications director for my own eparchy, the eparchy of Parma. She does a number of other things out there as well. She's also the editor of our eparchy newspaper, Horizons. Welcome to Light of the East, Lori. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. Thank you, Father Tom. So you are connected with this university. In what way? Tell us about it. I am now a student in the distance learning master degree program in ecumenical studies. This is the first program of its kind worldwide. It's offered completely on the internet in English. Uh, there's no, no foreign language involved. 
The program itself consists of 15 required courses, and then there's a final semester to write a master's thesis under the direction of an advisor. And the way the courses are set up, each course consists of seven two-week blocks, mm-hmm. and those blocks have required readings that are listed on the Internet, and then after you do those readings, you're to write a one- or two-page reflection paper, and that paper is looked over by the instructor and uh, commented on, and you're given a grade. At the conclusion of the seven-week seven week blocks, you have five weeks to write a 10- to 15-page research paper. So each course has... Um, required readings, and then a research paper. There's dialogue with the instructor and yourself uh, through email or through the website itself. You're given a password to that website so that it's secure. One of the advantages is having an international faculty of experts. The course that I'm just uh, finishing now is ecumenical hagiology, Hmm. which is the study of martyrs and how those martyrs can be recognized in different confessions. We don't all have the same calendar of saints and martyrs, Mm -hmm. so how that can be used in uh, ecumenism. And my instructor lives in France, but he's communicating with me over the Internet. And a couple times during each semester, there's an interactive lecture given over the Internet, and you can actually see the professor, and you can type in your questions, and he can read them right as he's giving his talk and reply to them right there, so you have that opportunity also. And what inspired you to avail yourself of this opportunity? Well, for some years, I was part of the Sheptitsky Institute, which is housed in Canada, their summer program, and we visited every Eastern Church of every jurisdiction in that part of Canada, And the the pain that all of us felt was not being able to receive communion when we visited Orthodox churches. Hmm. And I think it made a profound impact on all of us students, and so I kind of committed Hmm. at that time to do what I could do for, you know, replying to Jesus' statement that, or his prayer, that all churches would be one. It would be so wonderful to have all of our churches together and to have us celebrate together. And then when I saw this program on the Internet and I saw that it was, you know, you can do it at your own own time, whether it's 2 in the morning or, you know, 4 <laughs> in the afternoon, uh, I just decided to sign up and do the program. So you're, you're, you're involved in one course? I'm just doing, right now I'm doing one a semester. Oh, okay. Um, it is set up. People can take it full time and do five courses a semester and finish in a, in a whole year. Or there's different fees, and it's very economical. Um, for a master's degree program, to do it one course at a time, the cost is only $400 American. Hmm. And to do, uh, you know, full five courses per semester is $1,000. So for, you know, $4,000, you could finish a master's degree. So you can get a master's degree uh, from distance learning through the Ukrainian Catholic University? Yes. Well, you know, uh, you mentioned Sheptitsky Institute, and for the benefit of our listeners... That name, Sheptitsky, is a renowned name in the Eastern Churches, isn't it, Laurie? Yes, it is. Cardinal, he was a Metropolitan Andrew Sheptitsky. I'll explain a little bit about him. He was the head of the Ukrainian Catholic Church from 1901 to 1944, and he led the church through very trying times, World War I and World War II, and the alternate rules of the Austrians, the Polish people, the Soviets, and the Nazis. They all ruled that area there in the Western Ukraine, during which he condemned also the Holocaust, and personally sheltered Jewish children. 
Then finally, again, the Soviets, who liquidated the church soon after his death, he also cared for them. He cared for the spiritual needs of his people, and coming from an aristocratic family, used his material means to comfort them as well. So he was an amazing man, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And the Sheptitsky Institute in Canada is, of course, named for him. And it's also another opportunity for people to take advantage of uh, all the programs they have on Eastern Christianity. And, Lori, during the your time uh, of taking this course, do you find uh, it, um, it, I imagine it's, it's challenging. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yet you can do it on your own time, as you mentioned. That's a beauty of it. And it's in your own language, right? It's in right, English. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, it's easier to, rather than just reading on the computer screen, I just download all the readings and print them out, and then I have a, a hard copy that I can, you know, carry with me and read at my, you know, when I have some free time. And uh, very, this is the second course I'm taking, so I'm just, you know, getting my feet wet, really, but it's been very rewarding, and there is, you know, dialogue between the Father Roman, who's the head of the program himself, also sends emails to the students, and then each instructor, like I said, is in contact with the students. For the coming spring semester, actually, the deadline is coming up very quickly. The deadline is January 22nd to apply for the distance learning program. And there is a website uh, just for the distance learning program, which is www.iesdistance, altogether as one word, iesdistance.org.ua. And that takes you right to the site of the uh, distance learning, and all of the questions anyone has are answered right on that website. Just a little bit of background on this uh, marvelous institution, the Ukrainian Catholic University. You know, it is the only Catholic university in the former Soviet Union and the first university founded by an Eastern Rite Church in full communion with the Holy See. And John Paul II said when he visited there in 2001, in fact, I think, Lori, this university now is about 10 years old. Yeah, right. The Ukrainian Catholic University has been cited by many Roman Catholic leaders, including Pope Benedict XVI, as a portentous sign of a Catholic renaissance in the former Soviet republics where political progress is fitful and religious tolerance still not perfectly assured. Interesting. So, yeah, Just looking at the website and following some of the things, the university is doing fabulous work there in Ukraine. Like It's, it's really a shame that I you know, can't be on campus in person because they're really involved in the community and they have several programs that help you know, the needy and the handicapped. And uh, they're really right out there doing the things that certainly the church should be doing. Yeah, because what they're dedicated to is really the formation of the person, of, of Christian leaders for the yeah. world. That's why this, this thing is very, very significant. It's not just, uh, you know, to get a degree or get a, get a job or a profession. This is a forming the whole person. It's kind of forming on that whole Eastern Catholic ethos, you know, forming, you know, for them, forming them for, for charity, for, uh, for education, for professionalism, for faith. It's, it's really a very, very comprehensive formation of, of, of the individual. Right. And I believe they've also started a, uh, a journalism program that might be available. I haven't really looked into it, but uh, might be available also through distance learning. So they're, you know, they're advancing, they're adding new things, and uh, they do have an affiliation, of course, with the Sheptitsky Institute in Canada, and they offer, um, the Institute offers a program at the university in the summer for students there, and they kind of do things back and forth and share professors also. One person was quoted saying that to describe it, the task of this institution is to form good priests, conscious Ukrainian patriots, and professionals who are honest, hardworking, and dedicated to the church and the people. 
Without such dedication and appropriate upbringing, Ukraine will not achieve anything. Thank God that Ukraine, though they live through Bolshevism, people are not as degraded as here by atheism and indifference. So, first of all, it's to it's to create leaders, Christian leaders. It's, it's an incredible, incredible mission and vision. We're going to talk more about this marvelous university with our special guest, Loretta Nemeth, who is the director of communications for the Eparch of Parma and also the editor of the Eparchal newspaper, Horizons. When we return, I'm Brother Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Mysticism, it keeps men sane. So said G.K. Chesterton, the famous thinker and writer of the 20th century. Hello, I'm Father Thomas J. Loya with an Eastern Christian Moment. Christian mysticism actually means that which is most real. The mystical reveals and conceals all at the same time. It is life lived in the tension of paradox. God is three distinct persons, yet one God. He is the righteous judge and the lover of mankind. We come to know God precisely by that which we do not know about Him. Mysticism forms part of the particular genius of the Eastern Catholic Churches. Our church art and architecture are designed to reveal heaven and to conceal heaven, to give us an experience of heaven meeting earth. God is both transcendent and imminent all at the same time. He is uncontainable and infinite, yet was contained within the womb of a virgin. The elaborate and solemn liturgical services of the Eastern Catholic Churches provide for the worshiper a sublime experience of what keeps us all sane. Mysticism. To find out more about the Eastern Lung of the Church, go to easternchristianmedia.com. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's taborlife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. And our guest today is Loretta Nemeth, also known as Laureen. She is the Director of Communications for the Eparchy of Parma. For those of you who are listening, they may not be familiar with the word eparchy. Eparchy is the one of the Eastern Christian terms for diocese. So she is the Director of Communications for the Eparchy, or Diocese of Parma, which is centered out of Cleveland, Ohio. Parma is actually a suburb of Cleveland. And also, she's the editor of the eparchial newspaper, The Horizons. And Laura, you were saying before about you're pointing out that all the different things that this Ukrainian Catholic University has to offer, even beyond just academics. I'm, I'm just going to share with the listeners some of the things that they offer. Like there's a whole section in one of their, their magazines here. It says Transforming Society. Already I like that heading, Transforming Society. And as you mentioned before, it says the new exemplary journalism school is planned. And the participants uh, grappled with questions concerning the ethical imperatives of professional journalism and how, under present conditions in Ukraine, journalists can be trained with an emphasis on ethics. So there's training professionals to work with the disabled. 
and also in defending life. There's a Reporters of Hope recognized in Ukraine, which is the best journalist from throughout Ukraine, took part in the first national competition, Reporters of Hope. In total, 715 works were submitted, and they gave out awards. So what I really I think is impressive about this is that this university, in fact, it grew out of the ashes, so to speak, of what was a Ukrainian Catholic seminary. It was closed by the Soviets back in 1944. It was an old seminary. And they revived it and with some very humble beginnings. I understand there was an abandoned summer camp that the Soviets gave them. Here you could take that, like the refuse, you know. <laughs> and they started out there, and then the thing, it just expanded and grew, you know, through prayer, through perseverance and influence of great people. So now what they have is really, as I mentioned, its distinction is it's the only Catholic university established in, uh, in what was the post-Soviet uh, region of, that, of the world. And it's certainly the one, the first one by Eastern Catholic churches. So lots to offer here. And again, distance learning. And what is it you're taking again, Lori? Well, the program is Ecumenical Studies. The, the course that I'm completing this semester is in Ecumenical Hagiology, which is, again, the study of the martyrs and how we can recognize martyrs in different uh, jurisdictions. You know, they've not all been Eastern Catholic martyrs mm-hmm. or, uh, and each, some jurisdictions have their own calendar of saints and maybe how we can recognize these people's lives that were given up for their beliefs and honor them and celebrate them in, in all of our churches. And uh, it expands our knowledge, and when we understand the, the sufferings they went through, it's a common suffering. And so to be able to recognize them, there are wonderful examples of, uh, you know, cathedrals in England that have uh, now statues and even icons of, saints that were not Church of England, but were, you know, saints in our Eastern Catholic Church or the Catholic Roman Catholic Church. So we're, we're beginning to expand our knowledge and really appreciate the suffering that anyone has done in defense of the faith. I have a little connection with this Ukrainian Catholic University. Well, actually, it's two connections. For one thing, it's a former president, Father Boris Gudziak. Everybody always says that I look just like him. He looks just like me. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, you do. <laughs> one time we came together, I finally settled it. I took a picture of the two of us together, you know. <laughs> Which one is Father Gudziak? <laughs> but uh, my second connection, though, is the fact that the Education Foundation, you know, the kind of a, the support office, one of the support offices, is located here in Chicago, actually. And for those interested in supporting this incredible institution, you can go very simply to website ucef.org. That's UCEF, ucef.org. Now, for the university itself, you can go to ucu.edu.ua. That's ecu.edu.ua. And, Lori, what was that website again for the distance learning? For the distance learning, it's iesdistance, one word, dot org, dot ua. One more time. iesdistance, dot org, dot ua. Highly recommended and very, by our standards, very, very reasonable for what you're getting. Absolutely. Well, Lori, I want to thank you for being here on Light of the East, and good luck and God's blessings in your studies. (laughs) Thank you so much, Father Tom, and thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for all the work you do for our whole Byzantine Catholic Church and our Eparchy of Parma. God bless you. Thank you. In addition to this marvelous Ukrainian Catholic University as a source to learn more about action, not only to learn, but to be literally be formed in the Eastern Christian spirituality. There's other things, too, even some things that are simpler and even close to home, such as a new magazine that has come out, which I am a contributor. I, I write an article in it as well, along with other some other very esteemed authors. 
And this is called Theosis, Spiritual Reflections from the Christian East. So in conjunction with the upcoming year of faith and Pope Benedict's call for new evangelization, Eastern Christian Publications has developed a new popular-level monthly magazine called Theosis, Spiritual Reflections from the Christian East. It'll be distributed as a print and also a e-zine, version, starting with the first issue, which of course was back in September, or this recent September. And each issue of Theosis will be over 100 pages of several short essays for spiritual reflection on topics such as prayer, Eucharist, the sacraments, scripture, icons, sacramental living, spirituality, and the feast and the feast day of the month. In other words, like the holy day of the month kind of gets featured. Now that's 100 pages, and they're short. It's kind of like the in the Western Church and your Latin right. Listeners may be more familiar with this little booklet called Magnificat. In fact, all in all honesty, we kind of uh, took that concept from our Latin Rite brethren. See the beauty of the churches east and west, how we share in each other's riches. <laughs> we saw that format and we thought, gee, that's a that's a handy little format. Though clever those those Latin Rite Catholics, you know, come up with things like that. So we're going to sort of base it on that concept, and we've come up with our own little magazine, kind of like a Magnifica type magazine. Only it's called Theosis. Now, I mentioned each, each issue is about 100 pages, but they're short essays, very manageable. And it includes, not only am I on there, but it includes some really big heavy hitters, such as Metropolitan Callistus Ware and Archimandrite Robert Taft. And a photo essay of an Eastern church somewhere in the world will also be featured. It will also include the calendar of saints for the month with daily prayers and a short biography of each saint according to the Byzantine calendar. Now, it's printed in full color with a lot of icons and photographs. It's a very attractive book, really it is. It's uh, kind of like a sports card, small but loaded. And now Theosis will be printed in a pocket-sized edition so you can carry it with you everywhere and read just a few pages each day. Now, the eZine edition will be distributed by email both as an interactive PDF and as an EPUB format. Now, the annual print subscription is only $60 per year. That's $60 per year or 5 bucks a month, including postage. The eZine subscription is only $29.95 per year, or about $2.50 per month. Now, single issues and bulk quantity discounts are available, and more information and sample pages can be viewed at ecpubs.com slash theosis.html. That's ecpubs.com. That's the main thing to remember, ecpubs.com slash theosis.html. And you can subscribe online and buy individual issues at the same web page. So once again, Theosis, ecpubs.com. And a third source for you is easternchristianmedia.com, of which I was a co-founder and also a contributor, easternchristianmedia.com. It's a broadband broadcasting, gives you lots of information and links about Eastern Christian spirituality. So those two very handy things, and one being a a very, very ambitious thing, and that is, of course, taking a course, a distance course, from the Ukrainian Catholic University in Lvov. So several sources for people to find out and not only learn, but also be formed in Eastern Christian spirituality. I often get asked, you know, where can I go to learn more about it or even to be formed in it? There's no one particular source, but there are several sources, as you see here. Now, speaking of Eastern Christian spirituality, we've got a wonderful week of important figures coming up here. And as I mentioned, this is the week of the prodigal son, one of our warm-up weeks to Lent in the Eastern calendar. But we also are going to celebrate the Feast of the Three Holy Hierarchs. And those three are John, Basil, and Gregory. St. John Chrysostom, St. Basil the Great, and St. Gregory the Theologian. Now, what happens is those three great saints, or those three of the great fathers of the Eastern Church, the Byzantine Church in particular, 
They're well known for, well, basically for articulating church teaching, especially when it has to do with the Trinity, God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Chrysostom, of course, was most famous for his, his preaching and his teaching. He was a great pastor. He was exiled many times because he was, shall I say, so honest in his preaching that he would uh, offend certain important people sometimes by telling the truth as the truth is wont to do from time to time. So he would exiled. And after being exiled enough, he finally died from that. So what happened was these three great saints in the church were, needless to say, very popular. And centuries ago, these people, the Christian people, would would talk and think and feel about these saints much like we do about, well, sports stars or Hollywood idols today, unfortunately. But they had that kind of passion about them. These were really their heroes. And oftentimes they would get in discussions as to who was the greatest. Well, the discussions became heated enough that the emperor actually saw fit to take one day, this is the end of January, January 30th, and put all three, John, Gregory, and Basil, on one feast day. They had their own separate feast days, but to settle the dispute about who was the greatest of them all, he put them all on one feast day. And that is January 30th. So we call that the Feast of the Three Great Holy Hierarchs, St. Basil the Great, Gregory the Theologian, and St. John Chrysostom. You'll find that these three saints are often accompanied by a fourth one, and that is St. Athanasius. Those are the four great great fathers or doctors of the Eastern Church. There's many great saints of the church, but these are the the main ones. And in fact, St. John Chrysostom and St. Basil the Great have liturgies, Eucharistic prayers named after them. The most common one is the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, but then on special occasions, we celebrate the Eucharistic prayer of St. Basil the Great. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Leia on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright.